0: So, what are some things you that? So, our topic, of course, is money today. Um, the last two times we were talking about time. This time we're going to talk about money. So, what are some things you think about spending money on, which are primarily for your pleasure? What are some things that fall into that category? Matt, you got any hobbies? Hobbies, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Zeb, could you turn me down just a smidge? Uh, Tina, any things you spend money on that are just primarily for pleasure? Some examples of that.
1: Grandchild spoiling.
0: Yeah. Grandchild. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Any others? Ezri? Toys. TOYS. Okay, So just fun things that we spend money on. There's nothing wrong with it, right? We're not talking about sinful things. But these are things that are just for our pleasure. Um, And how much time? Would you say percentage wise you guys spend pondering or thinking about these things, researching um imagining yourself using um small amount of time, large amount of time on it is, so yeah. yeah uh in in general though, what would you guys say decent amount of time what? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Thank you. Um, I think that's generally true. When we have free time, we're not busy doing something. Our minds tend to wander to those fun things that we just enjoy doing. You know, that aren't again, they're just fun. Nothing wrong with them. But um, <clears throat> the the next question here is, how much time do you spend pondering or researching? how you could spend god's money on someone else for god's glory how much time would you say on that one not nearly enough. what not nearly enough but just functionally though what do you guys zero little bit a lot relative to the hobbies
1: I know for us, it it really depends on who God brings to our mind sometimes. Um, there's times where I probably don't think about it at all, and there's other times where I really think about it a lot or burdened or wanting to help uh, certain people or certain things. So, yeah.
2: I would say, like, just because you had talked about time last week, how I spend more time thinking about how I, how I can help versus dealing with thinking about the money situation. Like money seems to be more of like, I feel the need to give and it's more kind of impulsive, I guess. And that,
0: but actually like doing servant hearted type things that takes more of the time when I'm thinking about. No. And that's great. And there's obviously a lot of variability, but nevertheless, um, it's just something to think about. So for me, um, I might find myself, I've made a few jokes about it already, but um, I might find myself just sort of on a rabbit trail doing some research on something I'd like to buy. Uh, I rarely find myself on a rabbit trail thinking of how I could use God's money to serve someone else. You know what I mean? So just a reminder of just like last time where our tendency is earthly and worldly, and we have to fight against that, because I'm guessing, most of you anyway, probably are in the same boat as me, where you don't often find yourself just sort of unconsciously doing great things. Okay, so um, when you spend God's money, here's here's just a question uh, to think about, not my judgment of you. Um, but when you spend God's money, are you consciously aware of the fact that it's His money, or do you spend it like it's yours? So that's, again, just something for you to ask yourself to examine your own heart, because, again, for me, I find that I spend it like it's mine, and I don't often think, oh yeah, I shouldn't buy this new whatever uh, because this God's money and I don't rightly evaluate it as, sure, I, I could use some things and I can buy some things. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not thinking about it rightly in the sense of, okay, this is God's money. Is it best for me to spend it on myself in this area? It's kind of like Jeremy's, uh, what he's going over in James, right? There's nothing wrong with going somewhere and trading and spending a year here or there. It's just the right thinking as you as you do it. That's a good question, I think, to ask ourselves before we spend money. So if we're going to spend it on a new hunting outfit or boots or scope or whatever, like is that something we really need that, or would be a good use of our, of our God's resources? And in fact, a good indicator is in this whole outline, when I first wrote it, I put, how do you spend your money? And then I realized, oh, wait, it's actually, I should change that. It's God's money. So um, what are some questions we can ask ourselves to reorient our thinking before we spend money? Kevin, you have any ideas on that one? If you can't handle it, we can pass the mic, but I figure we're all here to contribute and learn and grow. I'm sorry, what was the question? Yeah. Um, What are some questions we could ask ourselves to reorient our thinking before we spend money on something? You know, to examine our hearts to see, hey, is this really some useful thing? What are some?
3: Well, I've always had a tendency to not spend money but that's not because of God, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I'd like to think my wife has stretched me in this manner in that, uh, we, we need to think of what, um, what our spouse would like to use that money for and her desires over what maybe mine are. So you don't, especially as the head of your house, you have to I'm more of a tendency to hold on to my money than to give it away. Uh, At least I haven't been in the past. And I need to consider my wife's, my family's desires over mine.
0: Okay, sure. So think about other people. Consider how um, your spending or lack of spending might be affecting them, what they might like to do with it. Yeah. Any Any other ideas? Zach? Um,
4: I think that, you know, it's like a very obvious question, like, you know, how can this be used for God's glory? And it doesn't have to have like a super profound answer. You know, it could be as simple as I'm, you know, buying this thing for my home because it's, you know, taking care of such and such thing because it's in slight disrepair or this needs to be replaced sometime. So right now is a good deal or... That way I was thinking about like, you know, furnace and AC, it's like, I could wait until it breaks possibly in the middle of winter and that might get a few more years out of it. But if I replace it earlier, that's going to be a lot better comfort to my family to not have to sit in the cold until it can be fixed. And so that could be a selfish thing, but it doesn't have to be, it could be, yeah, just making wise use. Um, but yeah that how could it be used for god's glory that can help kind of like hmm i wanted this new such and such toy um when i put it in the context of how does this glorify god it kind of convicts me that i want this mostly for selfish reasons so and again doesn't have to be for selfish reasons there could be good reasons to get some new toy but kind of helps you think about a little bit more deeply yep
0: And that's a good point, Zach, again, just like with the time, we're we're the ones who are going to have to answer to God for it. So it's not like there's some clear cut thing where it's spelled out. A lot of it is just taking the time to think about it, orient our thinking so that we're correctly evaluating, hey, is this something I should be getting? And if at the end of it, you're like, yeah, this is important. Okay, fair enough. You don't have to justify it to anyone, but you just want to take the time to think about it.
2: Um, just in thinking of these things that aren't necessarily bad, but like, think about is this going to, first off is my time being spent well, the way it is. And if by buying this thing, is it going to exacerbate me spending time doing something that is not
0: worthwhile? Right.
5: So
2: not that the thing is bad, but just, you need to evaluate the time spent what you're doing.
0: Right. No, exactly. Cause, and just like with time we talked about earlier, the the idea of watching where your treasure is, is that when we spend money on something or spend time on something, it starts to draw our hearts in more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other, any other ideas? Yeah. Mason.
2: Well, uh, for me, I'm quite a bit of a minimalist. So if I think about buying something, I think about what I already do have at home and I try and get rid of what I've had for a while and just don't use to like, and not throwing it away, but like donating it to either like a Goodwill or Salvation Army, because there are people that will use what you are not using. And then the other thing I think about is no matter how much you have or what you don't have, it won't matter in the end, because you can't obviously take anything with you when you die. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's, that brings us to our, our next point. point, uh, point two. Everything we have belongs to God. We're just simply stewards of it. <clears throat> and um, I'd like to read these uh, verses here, and then we can kind of look at them one by one. And I think these will help us think rightly about the money that we have in our bank accounts. This is Luke 16:10 to 13. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also din- dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, so verse 13, it's just to start at the end, which often is a good practice. Um, To help establish context of what we're talking about there, what do you guys think the two masters being spoken of in these verses are? kind of a basic question. Ezra, did you hear the verses that I read? Yeah? Do you know the two masters that are being spoken of? I couldn't hear you. Money and God. Money and God. Yeah, OK. Thank you. So again, those are the two masters we're talking about. As we look at these verses, then keep that context in mind. OK. Um, In verse 10, what principle can you take from this verse? Excuse me. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Pretty basic. What do you guys think that, what kind of principles can we take from that? I have a note here, character and trajectory. Those are notes to myself, but they might help you think about what sort of things we're talking about. Chris, you have any ideas? Oh, sorry. Oh, they need a paper. They need papers. That's our fault. Is there not enough? Oh, wow. I printed up 30 this time. I didn't. <clears throat> I think I actually have two more. It's just some coffee got spilled on them, and I was trying to save you guys the pain of... Does anyone... I'll give them to you.
2: Does everybody have one, or do we need to make more copies?
0: I think we're good now. Okay. Do you guys in the back need one? Got one. Okay, good. Okay, so uh, Luke 16... Verse 10, um, any ideas on principles we could take from that? It's, I mean, it's pretty obvious. So Dave, you want to take this one?
5: Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I, stole, 1 I, stole the, I stole the mic from it. Yeah, go ahead, Doug. <laughs> so a lot of times people say that when people come into money, you find out who they really are. Right. And really, that's who they were before right. they had the money. The money just gave them the opportunity. So if, if someone's faithful when they're poor, yeah. if they're faithful to God and they're giving to God when they come into money, if that's their true values, it's going to be the same. Yeah. Also, if they're poor and they're still spending money foolishly, when they come into money, they're going to spend it foolishly, just more of it. Yeah. So, so really, the, the amount of money really doesn't matter. It's, it's really the hard attitude. And, and it just... Manifests itself differently when you have money as opposed to when you don't. So basically,
0: your character is displayed through your actions, how how you spend your money, whether you have a little or a lot. Same character, right? That's you. Um, the other issue too is this I put trajectory there. Anyone want to take a stab at what that might look like? Um, what I had in mind is something like the, to, to get far down the road, you do it one little step at a time, right? We talked about that with time. You can't take on a huge project all at once. You got to do it in small little steps. So to be faithful in the whole project, you have to be faithful in each little step of completing it. Um that's the idea there. So it's true for your character, it's also true um over time or if you're going to grow in something you have to do it one little piece at a time. <clears throat> so that's the idea there. Um and then verse 11 <clears throat> If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Okay, so what in our context does unrighteous wealth refer to? Gary, do you have any ideas? Are you here to protect us or are you participating? I can't tell. Okay, I don't think you can hear me. Al?
1: yeah I think you could uh, you could certainly say maybe somebody got their wealth in a dishonest um, unrighteous fashion by cheating by running people over by you know whatever theft but that may not be it uh, what that verse is really talking about it may just be the you know the good use again of your your uh, what God has blessed you with all the way along so yeah uh, um, I just find this, especially in this country, you know, just as Jeremy has talked over the last few weeks too of, you know, a lot of us don't think of ourselves as rich. Well, we're not rich. Well, go look out in your driveway. What do you got? Two cars, three cars, four cars. Um, you live in a nice house that keeps you warm all the time. You don't worry about what you're going to eat tomorrow other than, you know, what is it going to be? Not if I can eat. And, and that is, uh, it's just a departure from most of the rest of the world when you look around at it. And, um, no, we're rich. We're, I mean, this is, this is speaking to us. Yeah. So
0: I get that. Oh yes. Go ahead.
2: well, so worldly wealth versus treasures in heaven.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was sort of unfair to me because this is an explanation, really, of a parable that came before, which we're all familiar with. But um, the dishonest manager who, you know, he's fi- finds he's going to lose his job. And so then he um, tells the people who owe his master money, hey, w- what do you owe? And they say, 100. And he says, well, make it 80. Call it good. So he's basically getting friends for himself using his master's wealth, or the unrighteous wealth, um, as he calls it in verse 9. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwelling. So just that, and then he applies that more to us, which is we have, well, getting ahead of myself, so. okay, and then true riches. You kind of already said what it was, heavenly treasures, um, treasures in heaven, things like that, okay? Um, And what is assumed and implied in this verse? Verse 11 again, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth or the money that you have in your accounts right now, who will entrust to you the true riches, meaning treasures in heaven? What are some assumptions being made in that statement? Yeah. going to be trusted Hmm. Um, the treasures that we get in heaven that we won't get those right so there's a there's a correlation between how we spend our money the faithfulness with which we spend our money now and then treasures in heaven right yeah absolutely and again just in case there's any confusion which there probably isn't but we're we're not talking about getting into heaven by means of riches, right? We're talking about you're saved, you're a believer, because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and then once you're in that place, you're given money, right? And how you spend it, the faithfulness with which you spend it, then results in heavenly treasures, okay? So just... So we're not talking cross purposes here. So what's assumed is then that there will be a reward for how you spend your um, unrighteous wealth. There'll be a reward in heaven for that. Um, and then what what is directly stated there in our terms, where if we substitute unrighteous wealth for our money here on Earth and then true riches with heavenly treasures what is the rephrase that the statement for us the verse for us so if you're not faithful with your own money then who's going to trust you with with God's right implication or assumed answer is what no one yeah no one you're not going to you're not going to be trusted okay um And then let's look at verse 12. What does that which is another's mean in in this context? Katie, you have any idea back there? Well, if we're
4: talking about money, it's all God's anyway. So when it talks about if we're haven't been faithful in which is another's. um, Who will give you that which is your own? Basically, you're not faithful with anything. Why would you be given more?
0: Right. And the others, of course, like you said, is God's, right? So again, the assumption in here is if we're not being faithful with another's, meaning the money that we have now, our faithfulness and how we spend that, it's not our money. It's another's. And that other is God's. You see that makes sense. So again, the 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 idea is one: it's unrighteous wealth, the money you have now. It's money that you're given for a time. It's a it belongs to another, which is God. It's God's money, and just like the unrighteous manager, the what we should be doing is spending that money in a way that what did it says um, make make friends for ourselves with eternal consequences, so whatever that might mean. Okay, so 12, then, implications of this verse. If you've not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Again, same thing as before. But Tina, you want to make one observation about this verse that, when you stop to think about it, might strike you as, I don't know, interesting or unusual or?
1: Yeah, when I'm um, hearing the discussion on this, just the word uh, trust is comes to my mind, is that um, can we be trusted and how that correlates with how we can put our trust in God. Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you think? I mean, you asked the question, can we be trusted, right? So that sounds like a test, right? So how would you put our wealth then, or our unrighteous wealth, so the money we have now, into that context of a test, and a reward or no reward? That too vague?
1: No, no, I'll expand. What? Just the can? Can we be trusted to be good stewards of what God has given to us? Yeah. Okay.
0: So God's given us money for a time, and the question is, well, to test us in a sense. Yeah. Is it also
2: talking about like at my work? I'm given a budget, right? To do for sales training materials, it's yeah. somebody else's money. It's not mine, but I need to be a good steward of it. Yeah, uh, make sure I don't go over that budget. It things are bought intentionally, right. right? Is that also within this context?
0: No, totally. And again, this is a kind of a taking some general principles, right? That he's stating. So, if and again, if you're faithful, if you're a faithful person, you would see that in how you handle the money at work and how you handle your money at home. But say at work, you wouldn't want to take the money and go, oh yeah, I, I really could use a new uh, TV or whatever and just buy yourself a TV. Yeah. OK, uh, Dave.
1: At work, it also I think it also applies in work that are you giving your employer eight hours of work or whatever your time frame is, are you giving him an honest eight hours for eight hours of pay?
0: Yeah, most likely, I'm guessing people in here are probably putting in more than eight. That's my guess, just saying, just saying. Everyone I know is, I mean, you think about it. You put in an extra four hours a day or four hours a week, that's a 10% pay cut. Okay. Right? Eight hours, that's a 20% pay cut. (laughs) Well, you didn't work when you had a job either. Okay, So (laughs) all right. um, So we got that. And then 13, we already talked about the two masters, right? So why do you think he refers to money as a master? Isn't it a tool we choose how to use?
3: Whether you have abundance or a lack of, um, your mindset on that can control you. So if you have a lack of and you want to hold on to it, you're allowing money to dictate what you do with it um which will like doug said reveal your heart about it
5: and like i mean we were talking about our jobs i mean if if essentially essentially if you're succumbing to the master of money you're gonna do everything in your power to try to get more of it and whether that's time at home with your family working more so you can make more or, uh, you're making other sacrifices, uh, to try to get to that master as opposed to, uh, serving a true God and yeah. a true master. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the, all the higher ups at our company, I wouldn't want any of their jobs. I don't care if they make 500,000 or not. It's like they are slaves. They're on call 24-7. They're constantly busy. Um, Don't want any part of that. But as you go up the ladder, that's what you're working towards, right? And you're sort of selling your soul one step at a time. Okay. Um, There's a proverb. Maybe, Chris, you can find it. It's something like, uh, don't toil to acquire wealth. Be wise enough to desist or something like that. Those are some words for you. But that that's the idea. As you strive to get more of it, it starts to consume you more and more. And that's not different than what you were saying earlier. Um, just we need to be careful what we spend our money on. So if you have, if I have a hobby, let's say, of, <clears throat> I don't know, hunt horses, yeah. So I've got, you know, yeah. <laughs> you said horses, so that's fine. I mean, what do you got? to care for horses. You need a barn. You need some a vet bills and saddles. And you probably want to learn about oiling saddles and whatever else, right? I don't know if you oil your own saddle, probably, but buff it out. right? Or you hire someone. But either way, and then you got, oh, those shiny new things that you step in, stirrups. Um, you know? I mean, there's all kinds of chromed and. Yeah, they eat a lot. Then you got to figure out hey, where am I going to get this hay? And maybe we can buy that property and plant. Anyway, so the idea is the, the more you go down a path of enjo- spending your money on something, the more it starts to consume your thinking and time. And again, something wrong with it, right? These aren't sinful things. It's just we want to be consciously considering okay, uh, this is God's money. If I stop and think, okay, I'm a steward. I don't think of it as this is my money I could spend however I want. This is God's money. He's made me a steward of it. How am I going to spend it to his glory? That's a different framing of the question, right? And in this, clearly, in this dishonest manager, he blows the money, in a sense, his master's money, in order to make friends for himself with eternal consequences. So, spending it on other people who need it or blessing others and being generous to them as a good example or whatever you know that those are going to be different in each context but the <clears throat> thing i wanted to point out is just simply that we need to spend the time to think about it right and however we do that we're going to answer to god for that not each other f- for the most part i mean unless your wife is you know okay <clears throat> According to God, if you're devoted to God, back to verse thirteen here. If you're devoted to God and love God, how do you feel about money? You want to take that one, Joel? It's kind of a deep hermeneutical question there.
1: What do you do?
0: Can you hear me? Okay. No. No. No? Okay. I should get a microphone. Um. Okay, one of the kids, want to take that one? Marin shaking her head. Okay. Alakai, did you hear the question? Luke 16, verse 13. Do you have your Bible open there already? Yeah, go ahead, Dr. Steve.
2: Uh, you're supposed to hate it.
0: Well, not because you're supposed if, to. Because if
2: I remember Joel's <laughs> lessons, that's syncretism. And that's the whole gist of this verse is you can't serve two masters. And I was thinking that if I had a servant who worked for me and I gave him money to take care of and he took 10% and used it for my business, and ninety percent to buy horses with.
0: <laughs> or fishing tackle, whatever. <laughs> or or, yeah, I mean, for or a fishing
2: tackle. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'd be too pleased. Right. But yeah, when I think about what I do with money, that's kind of what I do.
0: Right. Right. And I think that's true. I know that's true for me too. Um, and going through this has been a real treat because it showed me, you know, I often uh, love money. makes things easier, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't often think, uh, okay, if I have some extra money, how could I use that for God's glory? As opposed to like you're saying 10% or whatever percentage you put away and that's it. <clears throat> So yeah, it says in the verse, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So what what that says, though, is not you kind of softballed it, Steve. You said, uh, I should hate money, right? But if you're loving money, what is that really telling you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember which. It was probably some train magnate or whatever. Yeah, and someone said, well, when's enough enough? And he said, well, just a little bit more. And that's, that's the idea. Yeah. <clears throat> Zach.
4: I think it helps to know what hate means. And uh, I know Jeremy's talked about this many times, that for us, the first thing that usually comes to mind with hate is like, you know, in reference to money, like, ooh, money, like, get it out of my sight. I don't even want to see, I hate, I would burn money because I hate it so much. But really, uh, hate is more of just, you don't care about it. So like in the um, parable of the Good Samaritan, he says like the priest and the Levite, whoever walked by the man who was injured and just like, oh, I don't care about him. I'm just going to keep walking. Uh, I'm not going to help that person, that that's more of like what hate means is so it's just like for money, uh, you just don't care about it in the sense of like, you know, if there's a million dollars there, like, you know, whatever, like, like you said, the right um, response is how can I use that for God's glory, but you're not thinking, wow, a million dollars, I would do anything for that. It's just you're in your, your heart, you're trying to not care about it, like whether it's a million dollars or $1. It's money, and I'm gonna try and treat it faithfully, and I'm not going to, you know, be obsessing over it because you know, the master is God. The master is not money. And so money is just something that
0: God has given us to use. So, right. Yeah. And I mean, you see the manager, the dishonest manager before, how is he treating his master's money? Um, which he's commended for, is um, he says, <clears throat> let's see, in verse 4, I've decided what to do so that when I'm removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. This manager here is clearly dealing with his master's money. But if we're thinking of the money that he's given us in that same fashion, this is what's being commended is use the money that you have in order to be a blessing or a friend to others, right? So if someone owed you $100 and you just said, you know what, <clears throat> let's make it $50, something along those lines, right? Um, okay. Um, but to your point, uh, Steve and also Zach, um, do you, do we feel that way about money? I mean, are you really indifferent to it, whether you have it or not, or do you look at it simply as like, eh, I could take it or leave it if you give me another 50 grand? Right? So when you think of someone's going to give you 50 grand or 10 grand or whatever, it doesn't matter, um, what are you going to do with it? You start thinking in your mind the things you'd. What would you do with it? I don't know. I'd probably. I. would a lot of things You probably buy something yeah definitely right. <laughs> so that's that's the idea is we think immediately sort of about what we want to do with it for ourselves yeah Kevin
3: first thing that comes to mind for me is what do we all think assuming you play or you don't play it uh, what what do you think when you you think I could, what if I won that $400 million lottery? Yeah. What are you thinking about when you when, you, when that thought goes through your mind? Are you thinking about, oh, I wouldn't have to work anymore? So where does your mind go when you think of winning the lottery, or getting that $500,000 job, or whatever it is, Is it, where does your mind immediately go? Because that's probably your tendency which goes back to what Doug said, you know, where is your heart when it comes to that ideal, when you think of of having it?
0: And where it will go is exactly where it goes now. So that's really the issue. What do you think about when you have money? What do you spend it on? Do Do you spend it like you're sitting down going, okay, I have paid all the bills, Mortgage is taken care of, You know all the other bills we've saved a little bit just to be wise and careful. And so they have a little bit extra. What do we do with it? Are we thinking what I want? Are we thinking presents for people I know that are also unnecessary? Or are we thinking, you know, how do we serve someone with this? How do we help someone with this? How do we be a blessing with this? Those are some of the questions you could ask yourself. And again, I think it's important to note, probably no one's ever going to know what you do with it, right? Except maybe your spouse. I don't know how much you spend on old basketball paraphernalia. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my concern. So it's, yeah, someone had a question. Gary, thanks for joining us. Uh,
2: how uh, How many of us actually really think of our money as God's money? right i i uh I just because uh, I, I every day that goes by, I don't think of my money as God's money, I just go buy groceries and pay the bills and or my wife does anyway, yeah <laughs> well you should ask her <laughs> I have to get on my hands and knees and beg for ten dollars but <laughs> But anyway, I, just, I don't know why that came to my mind. How many of us really think of our money as God's money? If we did, I would think we would be much better with our money.
0: Yeah, I think that—thank you, Gary. I think that's the idea, uh, is we start to think that way, right? We start to adjust our thinking to <clears throat> recognize the truth, which is it's God's money. We're stewards. And we—I want to get to these two verses, just and it— <clears throat> before the end here. So 1 Timothy 5, 8, um, and I'm going to ask a, just a simple question. You guys can handle it.
5: <clears throat>
0: At the end, um, we want to ask, what clear boundary on how to spend our money do we get from this verse? Excuse me, I had to turn that off for a sec. A mute button would be cool on these, but. All right. First um, Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for, this is in the context of a widow, right? So your mother-in-law, uh, her husband dies, um, whether or not you take care of her. Okay, um, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So what principle can we get from that? The, what, something we have to do with our money, that's the idea. What do we have to do with our money uh, that we get from here? Gary, any ideas? <clears throat> Sorry to give you the easy question. Oh no, that's great. Um, providing for our household then, for household and our relative and their needs. Yeah. So this would be like your mother-in-law or your grandmother, or it's a relative. It's it's someone doesn't have to be right in your household, but your relatives in general and specifically in, in your household. If you're not even caring for your household, you're worse than an unbeliever, right? So that's a big deal. That's something we should be doing with our money. So that would be basic paying the bills, paying the mortgage, making sure you have food to eat, that kind of stuff. Blowing your money on <clears throat> whatever, gambling, it doesn't matter. It could be fishing, hunting, another tool or piece of equipment, whatever it is, you shouldn't be spending money on that, taking money from making sure the family is provided for. That's pretty obvious. Um, And that's a pretty clear boundary. Can you guys think of any other boundaries? Like, I don't mean, I I probably shouldn't have put boundary there. Command, I'm thinking something where it's not a guidepost, but it's an actual, you have to do this, right? You have to care for your family. That's not a suggestion. It's not like you'll grow in wisdom if you do this. What are some other commands or clear lines we have on what we uh, shouldn't or should spend our money on? Kevin.
3: Uh, There's a passage that says, if your brother comes to your house and asks for bread and you send him away... I'd say that's a commandment that we need to take care of.
0: Yeah. So go ahead and you want to try and articulate that just as a principle.
3: Love our brother.
0: Yeah. Care for your brother in need. Love your brother. Yeah. Excellent. So someone comes to you, they have a need, you use your money to help them. Right. And that might mean you don't buy your new crossbow or whatever. Suck it up. Right. Right. You see, it's you got some money that's God's money, you're a steward of it. <clears throat> How do you justify saying, Well, God, I'm gonna take your money and instead of helping my brother who can't eat or can't pay his mortgage or whatever because he lost his job, I'm gonna go and buy this, you know, new high tech <clears throat> these cool hunting boots or whatever. Whatever people spend money on, right? Or new tires for my car or an off road vehicle or whatever. Does't matter a smoker <clears throat> okay, new pipe be nice um, okay, so any other uh any other boundaries <clears throat> Gary I got a little story that um, was, uh, uh, it's got to be short. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying,
2: go uh, ahead. It's a, it, it, my grandfather used to help, uh, what they back years and years ago, what they call the tramps, or the yeah. bums that traveled along the railroad tracks and stuff. My yeah. uncle lived right there on the railroad tracks. My grandfather lived with them. He would always, they'd stop at the house, and my grandfather would fix them a sandwich, uh, a, fry an egg, and put it in a sandwich and give it to him. you know? And he noticed one day he fried an egg sandwich for one of these guys. And he was walking down the road along the railroad tracks. And he seen the guy take the sandwich out of the sack and throw it over in the ditch. So I think that's one thing we've got to be careful of too. Even with family, you know, if we know they're not going to use the money wisely or use what we give them wisely. Right, be
0: careful. Yeah, be, be careful. OK, so um, that's true. I wanted to just focus on, what do we have clear commands? Um, I just, for sake of time, I'm just going to answer that. S- spending it on something sinful, right? Something that's patently sinful. I shouldn't go and buy something that I have no business owning that would be sinful of me to have. Um, spending my money going somewhere or doing something that is Forbidden in Scripture for me going to or <clears throat> partaking in those are clear cut boundaries, but there's not a lot, I guess is my was the point, right There are not a lot of clear cut you have to do this, you can't do this. Most of it is pretty open, okay But if we go back to our first Timothy passage five six this time, again, this is talking about the widow. Um, but we can take a general principle from it. So this is the widow who's truly a widow in verse five, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplication and prayers night and day. But she, the widow who's not doing that, who is self-indulgent, is dead even while she lives. So if you think about how you spend your money and we think, how much of the money is spent to indulge ourselves, what aspect of that then becomes true of us, right? We're so far from the mark that we would be called dead even, even while we're living. So that's, that's another guidepost, I think, to help us in this, is if we're really just thinking of it as our money and how we're going to gratify ourselves with it, we're really not functioning like living children of God, uh, who are stewards were were dead even while we even while we live. Um, so what principle could we learn from that? <clears throat> I put negative and positive. Yeah, let's assume being dead while you're alive is not something we want to be. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to just answer half of it, because
5: I can't
4: think of the positive. But the (laughs) negative is don't be self-indulgent, which means, like, obviously, we have to spend money on ourselves, right? We have to buy food and clothing and things like that. But it's not being completely self-focused. It's having the proper regard for yourself, buying the things that you need, being wise, being loving, but not focusing completely on yourself.
0: Yeah. And indulgent is like you're satisfying the desires of your flesh. It's quite a bit different than, uh, well, I had breakfast,
5: right? right? So I I correlate this to like having a, a childlike mindset. Like if you sent a kid into Walmart, where are they gonna go? Right. They're gonna go to the toy section to indulge themselves right. instead of going grocery shopping to get eggs. Right. So I mean, you gotta have like the mature mindset and not think like a child and thinking of yourself where you have other needs that need to be met.
0: Right. Exactly. And probably don't shop for eggs at Walmart, but that's a separate thing. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. Right. I mean, when we think about it, that's what a kid does. What do you here? Here's 20 bucks. Now it's always a joy when you see them come back and they bought something for someone else, but that's, and that happens, but it's, you know, it's not all the time. So anyway, to wrap this up, there's since we're out of time, we'll probably start getting flagged and then flogged. But um, this here, these last two things, you guys can look through just as a help, um, some some other guideposts um, on how to spend it. The real thing I wanted to get to is just, again, if you take one thing away from this, just that when you start to think about how to spend the money that God has given you stewardship over, recognize that it's a stewardship. It's not your money to be self-indulgently spent, it's your money to figure out what's the most God-honoring way to spend this money. And that is what you'll give an account for, but not to me, thankfully. All right, Uh, we skipped prayer, sorry about that. Um, Any other questions or comments? This will be the last time where I'll be teaching. Any questions on that? C- comments? Take you list. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> I think I did get a card from you once. <laughs> Probably didn't cut. Ca- I'll give you a buck and then you could give me the card again. All right. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.